So hello and welcome to the podcasts of the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose. Urgent care, as with general practice and rural hospital medicine, involves living with uncertainty that in part stems from not having access to all the available information. In making decisions regarding diagnosis and treatment, we must consider many factors, not least the impact on the hospital system and our patients of unnecessary acute referrals to secondary and tertiary care. So we all benefit from and enjoy using decision support tools and algorithms that help augment our clinical acumen in making these decisions. Now, one condition which commonly presents in primary care, and, and especially in urgent care, is chest pain. So any help in sorting out who requires a hospital referral and who can be discharged safely home would be greatly received. So it was with great interest that I read a paper recently in the European Heart Journal, colon, Acute Cardiovascular Care. It was titled, A Prospective Multicenter Study Assessing the Safety and Effectiveness Following the Implementation of an Accelerated Chest Pain Pathway Using Point-of-Care Troponin for Use in New Zealand Rural Hospital and Primary Care Settings. And its primary investigator is Dr. Rory Miller from the University of Otago, who is also a rural hospital specialist. And I'm delighted to welcome him to the podcast today to talk to us about the study. So welcome, Rory, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, thanks, Guy. Thanks for having me. So I mentioned you're a rural hospital specialist. Um, anything else you'd like to tell us about your background and, and how you got into academia and um, and rural medicine before we, we go on to talk about your paper? Yeah, so I grew up in Whangamataa and um, dual trained as rural hospital medicine and general practice. Uh, and an opportunity came along to join the University of Otago as a senior lecturer, which I do half-time and, and work half-time at Thames Hospital. So rural um, medicine and the rural pathway is obviously dear to your heart and um, chest pain, as I mentioned at the start there, is something that that uh, we, we do have to grapple with, uh, that decision of uh, do is this person having a cardiac event or, or is it a, a non-cardiac form of chest pain? So um, I, it was great to read your paper. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the paper um, and how it came about and what it was designed to, to, to investigate? Yeah, so, so this was a kind of a pragmatic real life prospective study evaluating the, the rural accelerated chest pain pathway um, that incorporates point of care troponin in rural settings. Um, we felt that we had to do the study after kind of groundbreaking work by Martin Than, who was one of the co-authors on, on this paper. But all of metropolitan and emergency departments adopted accelerated diagnostic chest pain pathways that predominantly used laboratory-based high sensitivity troponin. And we became aware, I guess, of, of particularly rural hospitals, which of which more than two-thirds are reliant on um, less sensitive point-of-care troponin, uh, adopting these pathways, um, I guess, as, as is, and, and substituting the high sensitivity troponin uh, with the lower sensitivity point-of-care troponin. The potential issue with this is that point-of-care troponin, especially the, the ISTAT troponin, which is the most common 
point of care um, assay used in New Zealand may miss up to half of acute MI, um, certainly based on one small study, when using the threshold or cutoff that the manufacturer recommend, which was 0 0.08 for the um, for that particular assay. Um, and there was no international literature looking at um, how or, or any alternatives uh, in, for use in, in rural hospitals. Um, we're also aware that the, around that time that there were some um, general practices, particularly rural general practices, that were using Fornicare troponin. Um, and Martin and, and Tim Norman uh, were sort of thinking about and, and setting up a pilot study looking at, at how a chest pain pathway could be incorporated into into a general practice um, workflow. So that's kind of how the the um, the pathway came about, and we so using basically an adaptation of the, the EDAX ADP, which many um, listeners may be familiar with, but but uh, incorporating the EDAC score, the Emergency Department Assessment of Chest Pain score, um, serial Wanakev troponin at the lower threshold and, and ECG tests, we uh, adapted the, the pathway to identify low risk and, and patients that weren't at low risk, um, with low risk patients being able to be managed in the community. So if we talk about that pathway, um, that you that, so it's called the Rural Accelerated Chest Pain Pathway. And was this developed before your study, and you, you, or was it part of the study that you developed the, that that pathway? It was developed before the study, uh, and actually published as a, as a letter in in the Journal of Primary uh, Care. So, and invo involved in that, I mean, um, Associate Professor Gary Nixon, uh, who was my boss at the time, I was a registrar down in, in Dunstan, and uh, with the help of um, Martin and Jerry Devlin, one well cardiologist and some cardiologists in, in the Southern THP, uh, we sort of put to, together the, the, I guess, a proposed pathway and then and then sought to validate it with this uh, prospective study. And the pathway is there on the, the second page or so of the study, um, and it's quite a nice, straightforward, easy pathway to follow that has certain red flags and certain parameters by which you can determine who who can be managed in the community so um how in terms of um your study uh, this was done out in community settings in in um, rural hospitals and also i believe some primary care urgent care gp settings as well is that right yep Yep. So m most patients uh, in, in the study presented to rural hospitals, but, but around a quarter presented to general practice or, or um, urgent care. Yep. So it's very much designed, this, this pathway is designed for use out in that community setting. It's, it's, not, um, it's, it's not designed for secondary care use. This was aimed at primary care um, to weed out the people who presented with chest pain but were low risk. And then you went on to, uh, how, how did you then go on to determine um, the, 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 the results that you got in your study? How, how, what was the method in which you were, were um, 
carrying out the study? Yeah, so, so there were two, two main clinical outcomes that we're interested in. So, so a safety outcome and an and effectiveness outcome. So safety outcome was 30-day major adverse cardiac event um, defined as death, cardiac arrest, an emergent revascularization procedure, like I said, unplanned uh, cardiogenic shock, uh, ventricular arrhythmias, um, or high-grade atrioventricular block needing uh, intervention and, and Finally, the most common, which is an AM, acute myocardial infarction. Um, and that, that endpoint is consistent with most, if not all, other um, evaluations of chest pain pathway. Um, we largely got that information from nationally collected data, so the mortality and the, and the national minimal data sets um, with yeah, that 30 day cutoff. The effectiveness effectiveness outcome was looking at um, avoidance of hospital admission so we um, looked at patients who were able to be discharged uh, uh, following assessment of, of with the RACPP and identification and, and management to low risk because I think that's where my ears start to prick up is because when you have a chest pain patient in a primary care setting you have that dual push and pull of you don't want to miss something significant that leads to a major adverse outcome for this patient but similarly you don't want to be unnecessarily referring and in your case as a, as a, as a rural hospital specialist it could be quite a long distance to um, to, to um, you know a, a bigger center and which is an impact on the patient and the patient's family, but also on busy emergency departments, not least during pandemics and the like. So we've got this kind of push and pull of wanting to do the right thing. And, and so having something that can support our, our um, decision making in quite a robust way is obviously important. So what did you discover? What did your paper actually show and demonstrate? Yeah, so we were seeking to enrol a thousand patients, of which we estimated around uh, 400 would be low risk, um, which was numbers given to us as, uh, I guess, working numbers by the New Zealand Cardiac Network. Um, so for which they, they would consider um, as an adequate sample. And we ended up recruiting 1,073 patients, of which 474 were identified and managed as low risk. Um, we had no missed major or no major adverse cardiac events in that low risk group. And um, almost all, so overall, uh, 90, over 90% were managed in the community um, and with all but one or well, patient that presented to general practice and all but one patient that into urgent care, um, discharged home. So of the 44% of patients identified as low risk, almost all of them avoided hospital admission. And in the case of general practice and urgent care, referral to a hospital in the first place. So that's pretty impressive numbers in terms of no, out, no negative outcomes and the vast majority of these patients were not referred on to secondary tertiary care. Um, so it's a, it, it seemed to be a win-win in both of those categories. Is that, is, that, is that your conclusions? 
that that was the yeah, they were our conclusions yep so just talking about the um the person presenting if, maybe if we just talk about that um the pathway that they would have gone through so if somebody arrived with chest pain to a primary care setting um you follow the pathway to determine if they're low risk or not and if they are not low risk then then you can't utilize the point of care troponin to exclude uh, acute cardiac event um, so once you've gone through that and determined this person is low risk what is the management within the community what what needs to be done in terms of using the iStat machine and and how is that used and what what are you combining then in making that decision in the low risk person yeah so the patient that is um, identified as is eligible to be put down the pathway which is um, I guess first you need to suspect that the patient has occlusive or chest pain that could be caused by occlusive coronary artery disease so this isn't a chest a, a pathway to sort out whether someone's got PE and, and things like that, which is particularly in emergency departments, troponin are probably overused in that in that context. Um, a patient needs to have a, an EDAC score of less than 16 and uh, a ECG that doesn't have any new ischemic changes. Um, and a if, if those two criteria are satisfied, then a, a point of care troponin at zero and then repeated at two hours. And if both of those are below the threshold, then the patient is, our study shows that that patient is to be safe to be discharged into the community. Um, in terms of what happens after that, I think depends where the patient is and, and what the patient's risk factors are and, and really need to be tailored um, and ensure that that you know, the um, cardiovascular risk assessment is, is done and, and, and patients should be managed that way. There's a recent study that shows um, and the guidelines from the American Cardiac Society suggest that no further provocative testing for patients managed as low risk um, need, to, need to be done. So I guess that means that we don't need to get to... Um, not, not all these people need to go on and have an exercise treadmill test and, or a CTCA it needs to be individualised. But it's akin to when you would have referred the patient to ED and they would have sat for hours having those serial troponins and ECG changes. Um, it, it's the set, that person being discharged from ED. It's, it's kind of akin to that, but it's happened within yep. the primary care setting with just that two-hour period of waiting for a point of care troponin so that there is also not the need to ship this blood off to the lab um, and and that's a big advantage so are you able to talk about what is this iStat machine and and how does it work what is if for anyone who hasn't seen one before what what does it involve to, to get a result from it yeah so uh, iStat machine is oh, um, a box probably as long as a A4 um, bit of paper and about half as wide uh, that sits on the on the bench um, and you draw some blood and drop the blood in, in, a, in a cartridge and put it in the machine and about 15 minutes later you get a result. Um, there are 
one of the benefits of the iStat machine is that there's multiple assays that, that, that it can do. Uh, you just change the cartridge. So there's a blood gas assay, a, um, biochemistry, it can um, do a BMP, it can do a CRP, um, do a D-dimer. So it's pretty versatile. And, and as I said, quite a number of rural hospitals are either reliant on it all the time or, or use it um, after hours when the, the lab goes home and, and more and more general practices and, and probably urgent care have them. Um, some of the retrieval services use them as well. Um, so pretty, pretty versatile bit of kit. And that was primarily what you were looking at was to see if this was as reliable as a serum troponin through the lab when used in conjunction with this pathway. Um, and this is the first of its kind, this, this, this study in the world, would, is, is that right? Or is it just a first in New Zealand? So the, the, the early studies of accelerated diagnostic pathway that Martin undertook, which were based over in, in Australian emergency departments, were done using um, pointer-keytroponin. Um, and then as high-sensitivity laboratory troponin became ubiquitous, the, the research drifted towards that, which is understandable. Um, this, this study, as far as we're aware, is the first study that looks at a primary care or, and, and in particular, a rural context, um, uh, rather than a population that presents to a metropolitan or urban emergency department. Um, uh, so I guess that, that's the big point of difference. And, and I guess this could therefore have some implications on the practice within New Zealand rural and primary care setting in that um, it, it gives people support in making the decision about the diagnosis in these low-risk patients. Um, you mentioned that rural hospitals do have these machines. I imagine they're not the cheapest things. So in terms of barriers to this becoming utilised more widely, um, is cost a barrier? And the other thought that I would have is, are these machines difficult to use? Are they, do they require training? Is, are there sort of um, required skills in, involved with this? So it, if this was to be more utilised, what, what are the barriers that might need to be overcome? Um, I think there's probably two main barriers. So um, the, the first is, is cost and, and I guess broadly, uh, Acute care in the community is is patchily and, and in my opinion pretty poorly funded in New Zealand. Uh, so what is available under primary option acute care funding streams is not not ubiquitous and throughout throughout the country. And I think that's something that, that needs to shift. And, and hopefully, having um, research which shows the safety and effectiveness of pathways such as these using point of care diagnostics will, will help with that. We just submitted a, a, a very small study uh, for publication which shows that, that the saving per chest pain event is around a thousand bucks if that assessment is done in the overall community rather than transferring that same patient to, to hospital um, with savings to both the patient and the, the health care system. And that includes the patient um, paying the the, the co-payment to the to the GP. Um, yeah, so, so I think I think cost is 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 definitely a, a factor, and and that's cost for 
the equipment, the cost of the time. I mean, I, I think the, the there's capital investment. Uh, I'm not sure how much a, a nice stat box goes for at the moment, but but the cartridges, the the equipment, the quality assurance uh, procedures are all, all cost money, and and I guess the, the my view is that if we're saving the health system money by doing this in the community, then then that funding should be streamed to, to support that assessment to be done. But obviously, I'm a bit biased. Um, I think the machines are pretty well. Um, rural hospital doctors use them, so it must be pretty easy to use, right? Um, and and there's a bit of training, and 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 there are some some things that that can go wrong and, and some some catches if you if things aren't done the, the right way but overall I think they're, they're really easy to use uh, and, and doctors and nurses would use them with in without laboratory input and, and in most practices the nurses would do a lot of the QA which again does take time and and, and needs some need some resource to, to, to do that um, the, the other main barrier I think uh, for widespread implementation is the requirement for two serial troponins two hours apart. So that means the patient has to stick around somewhere. Um, and <clears throat> particularly if that happens in a, in a place that doesn't have 24-hour um, coverage, if that patient presents in the last two and a half hours of the day, then you know who's, who's going to stick around and, and wait for that second troponin and things like that. So um, yeah, but I think there's going to be a solution for that, hopefully in the in the near future, um, Guy. And that's the, I guess the um, important thing about this study was that this this was the patients were staying within a facility during that two hour period. So if they deteriorated, developed new chest pain, ECG changes, then you revert to managing an acute coronary event. Coronary event. That's right. A, 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 as as you would do normally, um, we're not talking here about people being having troponins. When we're saying in the community, they're still within a healthcare setting. They're not going home and having and, and waiting for results at home, having had this. So you're sort of holding on to the patient long enough to have gathered enough evidence to say you are safe to go home. Um, so I, I guess that's a practice that isn't supported in any way. The the, the have a troponin at home kind of and. Um, chest pain management is that right yeah that's right guy not 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 with the current generation of point of care troponin assays yeah um but two hours is still reasonable for most particularly urgent cares and, and anyone and the more rural places that have to accommodate a little bit of observing for injuries <laughs> or stitching or, or you know those sorts of um longer cases so um Two hours are certainly much better than when troponins used to have to be done six hours apart and six uh, hours, and all right. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And um, and as you mentioned, the advantage of having a machine that's the size of a bit of A4 paper in your clinic that you can do the results of, you're not relying on the lab or couriers or, or, or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so it is a, it, it's an intriguing kind of development, I guess, in terms of uh, see, seeing these things kind of come about. And... Um, you've mentioned that you've done a, a cost analysis. Is there any other developments in this sort of sphere that you're looking at from a rural 
medicine point of view, utilizing point of care, or, or, or are you going on to look at any more cardiac related things? What, what's kind of, is there anything on the horizon for you? So, so I think the, one of the most exciting uh, upcoming development is, is that we're expecting hopefully this year, um, release of a high precision or high sensitivity point of care troponin that has performs as well as laboratory based high sensitivity troponin. Uh, and why this is interesting is, is I guess it closes the equity gap between for, for rural in particular patients. Um, and a large proportion of the low risk patients, and we could probably expand the definition of, of low risk in terms of having a higher ADAC score and things. A, a single troponin test is probably going to be safe to exclude uh, acute myocardial infarction and, and, and major adverse cardiac events. So that eliminates a lot of that waiting around. Um, it means a patient just comes in, has an assessment, a single blood test, and go home if that's normal. Um, and w with the expectation that those assays are going to be available, there's um, quite a big study planned uh, that's already got funding um, in, in metropolitan emergency departments, and we're waiting to hear back for health research council funds to assist that in, in um, rural and community and urgent care settings. So that that's exciting in, in many ways. It's a, um, we've obviously got point of care ultrasound uh, developing to the point where it's basically a smartphone with a with a, a dongle on it now, and um, these point of care testing machines are getting down to small small enough to be as you say in, in pre-hospital retrieval settings and, and the like so really we're, we're almost getting a lab and a, and a radiology service in our back pockets going forward and your studies are looking at whether or not these are safe which is always I guess what people come back to is is this does this support me in safely disposing of this person and or do I have to default to sending them to a hospital um, which may end up being unnecessary. So from my understanding of, of reading your paper and talking to you, this shows that that pathway in low-risk patients didn't have any negative outcomes and uh, was um, very successful in preventing people going to hospital, which would mean unnecessarily going to hospital. And the savings, there are savings there for the community and the healthcare community in general. And this is backed by cardiologists. On, on your group, there are a number of, of um, cardiologists. There isn't any, um, this isn't going against specialist cardiological advice and management and, and in any way. So it seems to be quite an exciting development. Is that is that a reasonable kind of summary of all this? I think that's a, a good summary, Guy. Yeah. And and the, the RACP, as it's, it's written, which, which uses current generation um, point of care troponin which are out there has been um, endorsed by the New Zealand Cardiac Network uh, after after presenting them the findings so it's kind of makes their way into into the national work streams and, and things so absolutely it's got cardiologist support and I guess therefore the the money that money is probably the big thing here so if you can prove a saving then funding streams might mean that these because as you say that the study did include some urgent cares and there, there are there are some around who have ISTATs and 
pre-hospital settings and all of the rural um, hospital emergency departments have them and some rural GP practices etc so the um, get, getting these out into the community is the is is the first thing and funding is probably important in that so it'll be interesting to see when that paper comes out um, if that leads to anything further but um, yeah it was it was an interesting read and we will link it in the, the the show notes for everybody to have a look through as i say it's called a prospective multi-center study assessing the safety and effectiveness following the implementation of an accelerated chest pain pathway using point of care troponin for the use in new zealand rural hospital and primary setting primary care settings and it's the european um, society of cardiology's journal which is the european heart journal um published when was it published? It was this year sometime, quite recently. It was, yeah, it was published in April, yeah, and it's cool. open access. So cool. So, um, so everybody should read it. read it, and they should familiarise themselves with it, because it's it the way things are going. This is going to be a part of um, primary care by the looks of it going forwards. And um, Rory, you, you and your team are, are, are leading the. You're at the pointy end of the of the. Um, of, of this march towards getting this sort of thing implemented out there in primary care so um thank you for talking to us is there anything you wanted to to add as a as a, as a final as a final message to to the people listening i don't think so guy thanks very much for having me really appreciate it that's great thanks a lot <laughs>